All right, crew, welcome to this episode of The Outrun Show. I am Travis. I'm Justin. Jesse. All right, today we are talking about groundbreaking. We broke ground on the new gym. Gold shovels, hard hats, and all. Yeah. There were some shenanigans. <laughs> we are talking about our training topic today is how to take a rest day. We feel like people need to know that. Or a rest <laughs> week, or a two weeks, or a <laughs> vacation. <laughs> or maybe how to take a vacation. How, how to take a vacation. All right, and by that we mean from from training. Sometimes we need that. Uh, and then we are talking about our favorite feature in a gym. If we could have a gym, any gym, what would the majority of it be made up of? What what feature, what setup would we have? And more on this episode of the Outrun Show. Saxophone. No, I don't think so. Did you guys know um, that David plays the saxophone? Like our coach, yes. <laughs> really? And I've been, yeah, he plays the saxophone. And I've been talking to him, trying to get him to play he's like a synth a... song with a fat with a sax in in the gym. David and is pretty mysterious. Like he that, is mysterious, right? tall, gingerly, and mysterious. Yeah, he kind of just laughs at whatever you're talking about, but never reveals. Right, like if, his own jokes. You know, has, been, has David been playing this this whole time? I think so. I think he's really thirty-five. <laughs> <laughs> David is clearly just graduate. He's in he's in college now. He's moving out. One of our coaches for the first time. Um, you guys can check out what's his what's his handle. It's outrun underscore David, David underscore outrun. David yeah. underscore outrun. Um, and he's a monster. He is. He's a hidden giant for sure. He like, is. And both literally and figuratively because he's very tall, but. Just he's like it. yeah he's like he's super talented but like doesn't uh doesn't flaunt that it's not very vocal about it and just kind of you know just kind of does his own thing and he's uh very like you can't one of the best things about him is he is one of those like bigger guys i mean he's younger now so he's not super super intimidating but when he gets older he'll be a big guy and he's just um really hard to to get to get upset like he works really well with young kids and they'll just like kind of tug on him or whatever, or poke at him. And he's just like, all right, guys, let's come over here and do yep. this. Yep, that's cool. All right, come over here. Like he's very mellow. And he also plays the saxophone. That's which, why. That's why he's so mellow. I think that might, is it, you think that's it? It's therapy? Is it, is it cause or <laughs> correlation right there? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so hopefully we'll have, we would have some saxophone action at some point in the gym. Uh, we broke ground on the new gym officially. Now there was a hole in the ground, but this was the actual ceremony um that we had not i've not been a part of i've been in ribbon cutting ceremonies but i've never been in a groundbreaking ceremony where they like put out dirt and you throw the dirt in the air which we got to do yeah never been a part of either um, it was a very unique experience in fact i was telling carly she got mad at me i was telling you actually earlier that um you're right yeah um so i we had the first date on the calendar right and i told her about that and then it needed to be rescheduled and the reschedule happened with like we got like maybe what a week and a half two weeks heads up so enough but i totally spaced it had it on my calendar didn't inform carly about it mm -hmm. um, and then she found out from candy mm -hmm. that it was in two days <laughs> and she comes into my office and she's like hey so like we need to talk and i was like okay i'm like in the middle of a session and i was like what's up and she's like so here there's the groundbreaking for the new gym on Tuesday and I was like oh yeah that's totally right and I wasn't faking it I definitely was like oh that is this week you know it's Sunday it did come um, up fast it came up fast and she's like so am I invited <laughs> and I was like of course you're invited I you know I, I of course had to backpedal and I did apologize but genuinely I just I completely forgot about the event not because I wasn't excited about it, but but just because it, I have so many things on my calendar. We have a lot going on right and now. I'm so not going to lie. There is, it is nonstop, rapid fire. Yeah, and so like it just got added in my calendar, and I was like, I literally wake up in the morning, and my calendar is like, you got this, 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 and this. I'm like, oh, cool, that's what I have today. I don't ever look at my calendar the night before or for the week ahead and be like, what do I have this week? That's just not my style. So I had to apologize profusely and mm -hmm. be like, yes, no, you're you're there. But also, like, I'm not a big ceremony guy. Like for me, I'm like just I just want to get in there and I just want to do cool stuff, you know. Like I'm ready to go. I'm an action guy, um, 
So I wasn't super looking forward to it because I didn't know what the ceremony part was going to be. Um, but I had a blast. I it thought was, it was super it was fun. I don't think we knew what to expect. We had a loose idea. So I they asked us to come. And so they did the groundbreaking, but we saw um, uh, construction equipment, machinery, heavy machinery. And we were like, well, must flip. If you know, got to do well, stuff. They it first, didn't they? That they, uh, they wanted yeah. us to flip off. Oh, they said it jokingly, and then we said, yeah, "Well, yeah. yeah, of course, we'll flip off of construction equipment." And they, once they found out that they thought that we were calling our bluff or something, mm-hmm. and once they, then I started get, we started getting the calls from the organizers, and they're like, "Well, we talked to the insurance company, and uh, really, this has to be." And this was just oh, hilarious. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. There was like a, a concern. Um, from the superintendent and from the guys because I think that they thought that we were just like like some YOLO coaches that were going to come out and be like yeah, and just jump off stuff just huck and they hope. didn't yeah huck and hope I don't think they realized that did a little huck and hope but not much and there were some beautiful pictures that came out of that they yeah. were but yeah no they uh, they were like well we don't know if we can do that and we were like don't worry like we're all independently covered if it's under the name outrun we're good for events like this. You know, we have insurance specifically for these kinds of things. Um, yeah, and if you guys do stuff like that, you know, USPK um, has some affiliated insurance. Mm-hmm. So if you look up the uh, USPK and join that nonprofit, which we're a part of, we're a Keystone member of, they have some uh, insurance offerings that are really manageable through um for even individuals and individual that's coaches. what an individual going to train park or other. yeah you can train park you could with that insurance you can train outside and you're covered you can train um as uh, a coach and you can that's coach people I yeah know that that's huge that's it's huge because when, yeah. when we started and had to shop insurance that was a pain right like having not only to explain what we did but then give examples of it and they were like mm, that's that looks like you're just asking for a claim, mm-hmm. right? We're like, no, like this is a legitimate thing. So to have that sort of an offering that's like with a company, you could say <laughs> with a company that understands what we do mm-hmm. as an industry, that's huge. And that's you can, and then the other, so while we're talking about dad advice here, um, the USPK insurance, and then also um, places like Aflac and Allstate offer something that's just a general accident insurance mm-hmm. and it pays out per injury. So I'm not suggesting that people get the insurance, right? And then Go care it. less about their injuries. But I see a lot of athletes who maybe aren't getting x-rays when they should or aren't getting treatment when they should when they've been outside training and have an injury. And that's very affordable, like mm. 20 to 40 bucks a month. And you've got something that pays cash when there's an injury. For example, if you were like, you know, post up and you're training outside at the park, you post up and you, you know, do something to your wrist, right? There's a dollar value for broken wrist. And there's, if you have to go and use uh, a doctor to get an x-ray, there's a dollar value for the x-ray. So you're at least going to sort of get- At least mitigating your costs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're somebody who's like, I know a lot of a lot of people are like, I'm not going to get insurance, you know, whether it's, you know, Affordable Care Act stuff or, or whatnot, um, having that type of insurance for athletes makes way more sense yeah. than, than sort of, you know, the traumatic stuff. Yeah, because so. you're healthy, right? You don't, you don't have to worry about like, congestive heart failure you, know, you wouldn't more think, crazy. Right. You would, yeah of course you would hope not um but really for athletes most likely what's going to happen is an injury right mm-hmm. and that's where it's going to matter for you so yep but anyways enough uh, insurance talk because yeah we delve into politics right we don't we won't talk too much about insurance um so we through dirt we flipped off of uh, uh some machinery so you still do we get the name of it back hope uh, no, there was not a backhoe. The backhoe actually is like the unit that has the the driver, and on the back there's like a hoe. That's why it's backhoe. Oh, okay. Um, the I don't know what that machine was. Scooper, arm scooper thing. Yeah, if it's what you imagine, giant <laughs> excavator, excavator. There you go, giant excavator. Did you just look that up though? That's what I thought it was. Yeah, in case you haven't known, we've uh, never worked uh, heavy machinery like that before. Uh, no. Been on plenty of construction sites, but not as a worker. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Um, and in case you didn't know, we're talking about the the new gym that we're building. And so, again, timeline for that's the end of first quarter in 2021. All right. So, favorite part about that? Uh, golden shovels, flips, hard hats, having everybody around. Mayor was there. I know. That was, I think it was just cool just to be with like the, that would seem like the who's who of Fort Collins and to kind of just be like, stepping our foot in that crowd and sharing a moment with people who you know 
do big things around Fort Collins. Yeah. I think that was See. like, you know, I don't think our gym was like this huge thing to anyone else, but like, it's just cool that we're sharing a moment that's super special to us. And then we're around other people who have similar moments like that. And uh, yeah, that was, that was just my favorite part. Sharing the moment with bigger, bigger fish. Yeah. With the, like the movers and shakers of mm -hmm. the city, right? Like being able to be like, wow, like our project was obviously special to us, but to them, they're also like, your project's cool to us too. And yeah. I was like, they like lend some validity to the years of hard work that we spent on this project alone. Right. Which feels like 99% of it has been just paper and conversations rather than any sort of action, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it lended some like some spice to that. They were like, oh, this is cool. Other people appreciate our work too. And I think we were there uh, in part two to let those guys know we're here and we're honest about who we are and who we're going to be. And they could tell by, you know, our behavior that this is what they're getting. Obviously we have some etiquette around things, but letting them know this is a, you know, this is a parkour gym. I mean, it's here and it's in the town. It's embedded now in the, in the industry of the city. I think that's different when we oftentimes feel like we're taking up space. That's the hand-me-down space as, as athletes, or we're taking, we're, we're not welcome in spaces is a big thing. But yeah. to, to do what we can to be known and be out and be open about the movement and uh, and what we're doing and not have to pretend it's something else like getting stopped on campus and push yes. people like, what are you doing? CrossFit. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And we do burpees. Right. So it's the opposite of that. It's like, you know, maybe, we, maybe we'll have our own security and to kick people off if they aren't doing parkour. Like, <laughs> you guys, you guys without run? No, we're not. Yeah, get out of here. Do some jumps and get out of here. We don't. <laughs> we don't want that either. But Movement security. We do, we, we do want, you know, I, I would love to have a moment. And I'm sure, you know, somebody out there has already experienced it. But, you know, where a security officer is like, hey, you guys doing parkour? And you're like, yeah. And you're like, yeah, my son goes to OutRun. Um, you know, we we love what you guys do. Just can't do it here. Hmm. Which is a pretty common answer, right? Like, we think what you guys do are really awesome. You just can't do it here. Uh -huh. And maybe that'll shift where... Um, you know, now that they understand that we're an actual business that carries actual, you know, insurance and we're legitimate and we're not just a bunch of hooligans, maybe that, that perception will change a little bit around the like liability, you know, for each individual. Yeah, business. I think it's just so, people seeing different stuff and being like, there's the riffraff. Well, you know, if you own the property, then. <laughs> a, little hard, a little harder to argue. Right, yeah. you can't so. keep off. Uh, so, uh, favorite part, favorite part. I think that's the answer to that. You agree with that? Yeah. I did. You did. Did you? I did you good yeah I understood. uh all oh, right also it was pretty cool yeah it's uh to go deeper into that tangent where you're always looked down on for doing flips and it was weird to have these people who were project developers and builders and they're like no 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 we need you to do the flip on our stuff yes yeah. like, and they were like no we need you to do it this time around yeah so like, we need a picture cool. of it too we need to record it like that was uh that was interesting and having people like cheer about it because normally they're like yeah so, yeah, and getting the press was attention cool. was good too. Um, I thought it was we had one one reporter or one of the reporters that was there, like had a very reporter look. Did you guys he see that? Yes. And the little notepad. Yeah. He had his little notepad out, and he had his hat on, and it was just literally like, out you of like horror, a journalist right? He comes over and he's like, "Ah, team outrun." So now that you're on the scene, what are your plans for the future? And, you know, and he's like, "Can I get your names?" Uh, is it <laughs> Does the avatar have a comment, right? Like it felt like that because he had his little like hat on yep. and that checkered suit like suit jacket yep. with the notepad out and just like the glasses and scribbling down. And I was like, that's funny. Yeah, it was, it was very picturesque journalist for sure. Yes, it was. Yeah, so that was fun and funny. It was fun to play through that too because mm -hmm. a lot of people um, might take stuff like that too formally and seriously. And when we, when we do this project that we continue to run into, it's contractors and partners and people who are working with us who just really get obsessed with what we're doing and want and excited about it and then they want to research it on their own time and they get they love they love working on it which is super cool yeah and and i think being able to enjoy this that's that it's awesome oh yeah uh the topic of now that we're talking about building stuff so we have to meet so many demands when you build a gym um and we're trying to do it right but as individuals, if there was going to be an abundance of one sort of setup or feature in the gym, what would it be? 
My, so <laughs> we already talked about this. Mine's an eight foot bar and a six foot box next to each other. I can live off that. I think if I wanted, if I really wanted to be picky, I'd add another six foot box on the other side of the bar so that I could just, <laughs> yeah, just, just back and forth. Back and forth. That's all, I mean, that's all I, it's, there's just such little impact on Lachey and Lachey Prees that. If they're done right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you can just do them forever. Like I just, I wonder how long I could do that until I just, one day I jumped to the bar and my arms just ripped off and they stayed there. Like it's, I I didn't, I'm pretty sure you could do that. Till the day Forever, you die. right? Yeah, yes. you could so do. You, you maintain proper maintenance of that soft <laughs> tissue. Yeah, you could. You could do that till the day you die. Right. You see those old dudes in China, who and this may when we talk about people who, you know, sort of tested things and whatever. This may bode well for calisthenics. Is when you see those old dudes in China, like seventies, eighties, and they just kind of like look old, and then they go and they just <laughs> do a one arm chin, and you're like, huh. I mean, you don't see that with Olympic lifting. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, a lot of impact. You know, a lot of impact on that. And gymnastics is not common to see people do do flips that age. But that just may be a numbers thing, right? Like it's not been prioritized, and we may have lost that group. Well, it's also easier. Not that the one arm chin up is easier than any of these other fields, but it's easier to maintain, right? Because it's a strength. It's a yeah, it's a strength thing, and you it doesn't require impact, and yeah. you just need something to hang from, right? Also, as you get older, you tend to drop in weight. So, so if you can just maintain a base level of strength that you had when you got your OAC, you know, mm-hmm. you, it'll actually get easier for you. Yeah, because yeah. you just weigh less. Take not to not to diminish the accomplishment of an eighty year old guy who has a skill that you know I don't. So, there's that. <laughs> yes, that it's it's so cool. Uh, so you would have something like what like. 5,000 square feet of open space and then just all like I could steal the concrete and yeah. then you have in the center of it is just like that and then maybe one little platform and one more platform one two foot yeah platform and so what would you do on that you'd jump that one uh, that one's for yeah the more orbit style stuff keep flip offs and stuff you need a platform but... where you can break dance on top of but then flip off okay so you do a little so break dance on top. You'd 12 flip. by 12. Platform. Yeah, I think yeah, like I think optimal. 10 by 10 was my... <laughs> 10 by 10? Oh, 10 that's by pretty tight. Yeah. Okay. But if, if there's nothing around it, it can be shorter, right? You could do it that's true. 4 by 4 if there's no walls uh, connecting to it. So. And so then you would uh, you do a little dance, do a little shake, do a little flip, flip off boxes. Have fun tonight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I'm going to adjust this. Am I still in? Okay, so right. Oh. But yeah, I... Uh, so this is a little busy. So I think it's just that. Like, I just need the shades to, you know, uh, boxes that are not above eighty percent of my effort. Yeah. <laughs> I got to try really hard for my shades. They they defeat the purpose of how relaxing the shades can be. They are very like therapeutic. Yeah. Uh, what's what's the term? Uh, cathartic, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just satisfying. Just going through the motion. It's just like it. Mm-hmm. It just stress gets left behind as you swing. Mm-hmm. Also, very like primal. imagine I'm getting taller. The more I swing. Oh, it's too so late. I could be up high and, and you're like, look where I landed. Oh, no, I meant <laughs> 12 no, foot clear. Swing. I meant the swing or stretching. Oh, it's stretching? <laughs> or I thought you were like landing higher than other things. Very, very no, cat our, uh, Back to your spirit. Our animal. bones are far too dense and it's far too late in our life for any sort of expansion. Expansion at that old. Yeah. Right? Jess, what about you? It was like, you got a gym. Speaking of saying? cathartic swinging, it's, it's bars for me. Mm-hmm. A bars and I would take a couple of like floating platforms so Ooh. you know like those four by fours that you know just kind of like attach essentially if you have like a four by four box we were talking about Mikhail. huh floating platforms yeah. what about him he wants them and we didn't tell he didn't tell us yeah so we've uh, conscripted for our, for our new gym one of our secrets is <laughs> you guys conscript- would never sign off on that now we children. gotta go now we gotta go tell him that's no, fine, you, that's fine. Uh, you don't have to tell him and i so, intentionally didn't say that for a reason because i don't want to make the project more complicated <laughs> so we have uh in order to make sure that the project is super awesome and spicy we've conscripted a um architect from copenhagen from Denmark to help with the gym feature design to take you know our training experience and our own experience and our own ideas and visions, but then also have some folks work on it who it's just sometimes it feels like Europe has a sort of unlimited budget for civil projects. Like I look at some of those yeah. spaces and I'm like all of the Man. gyms, yeah. I mean America it's like if you want to build anything it has to be enterprise that does it right like you gotta be a bootstrap startup you gotta have you gotta be a business that makes money and then you can and then you can build and explore with features but in europe they're like let's just build a million dollar park in the middle of nowhere 
Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I like... Yeah, like, okay. And then Jesse can jump back to his jump platforms. But, yeah, since you sidetracked me. Yeah, no, I think, like, just bars all over the place. With <laughs> enough space for, like, full swings. And Ooh. then an area of, like, where they're, you know, six feet apart so that you can get some, like, closer, like, knee hooks or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, yeah, I want, like, I want bars. I want lash-shaped frees. I want places I can hang and climb and... Do you want think, the um, bar? Do you want the bars set up six feet apart? Not the platforms necessarily. I want the I want the bars in one section. I want them kind of six feet apart so that they're a little closer and more dense. But for the most part, I want them all at least eight eight and a half feet apart Ooh. so that you have room for big swings. <laughs> yeah, that's effort. But why like floating it. platforms? Uh, the floating platforms because sometimes you do, you do want to get up and stop. You know, like sometimes you do want to swing to a platform and do something cool. And I do have a little bit of like stylistic nature to me, and it's not. There is some style that you can do on a bar, but there's not a ton. You know, like I, I, I want some platforms to be able to to do some more unique. So you yeah. want like a brutalist tree canopy. Yeah. Yeah. Gibbons exactly. of the future. Yeah, exactly. Urban Gibbons. Urban Gibbons. Exactly. <laughs> so that's that. That would make me happy. So what? See, the reason I like the platform idea that you're talking about. Um, is because transitional space, you know, even if they were like seven feet off the ground or something like that, and even if they were like maybe a triangle or like a like a three by you know two or something like triangle or something like that, uh, you could then do some of the like gathers or plyos like in between your bar mm-hmm. swing setups. And if that and if those were sparsely done, the only thing I don't like about the floating platforms is there's really there's no option to like cat that you're you're on it and then you're on top of it. Or you're not, and if you miss it, that's a hot mess. Yeah, I can't. I, a total floating platform with no walls around the edge, I feel like, is pretty hard to use. But if it's got like parallel Two walls, walls or, or a corner yeah. with walls, yeah, that's that's pretty fun. And then you got some overhanging on one side, but on the side you have it just so that's that's yeah, quite you have your wall, then you, you can't swing on it. Mm. Blocks you. That's why I like the floating platform because you can still swing under it. Under it, you can swing yeah. under it. Yeah. <laughs> You literally want a floating platform. Well, no. Like, like if you think about, like, so it, think like about a physics uh, four by four, a four by four platform suspended from the ceiling, or a four by four um, bars. Okay. A four by four like welded set of bars, and then you have a platform with two hooks on each side, or four hooks depending on the width, and it sits on top of the bars. You still have gaps where you can grab the bar. This is a platform sits like that above the bar, so you can still swing underneath it. It's like scaffolding, just less bolty and knobby you know like the scaffolding you see like when you walk through like a big city mm-hmm. and they have it going over the sidewalk mm-hmm. so that construction debris doesn't kill somebody mm. right like those ones they always have the exposed bar that the, the scaffolding sits on top of and you can mm-hmm. kind of like that mm-hmm. just cooler you know designed for people to move on and not ugly yes i mean i think that there's a couple spots in the gym where we could look for look at something yeah. like that, that little corner spot i don't want it anymore. you're talking about something that move that can be taken off almost yeah you can lift it Put it on another actual four yeah, that platform. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's super cool. Mm-hmm. I don't want it in the gym though. I don't trust kids with it. Yeah, that would be would be tough. But there could be something. Okay. Uh mm, it is, is much good? more manageable oh, than Travis's foam pit <laughs> descending floor. His his like mortal combat <laughs> descending arena. Yeah. Onto the onto the pit. Yeah. I mean I think that the pit cover, the Cirque du Soleil descending you know, pit cover would be cool. I still think so. Cause we all think it would be cool. <laughs> the issue is, is real estate is so expensive, especially, you know, I don't know, like, I feel like parkour gyms at this one point, at least in the US, went through this period of time where they could get away with getting massive amounts of square feet. With yeah. inflation going up and the economy and okay space, maybe now, I mean, I guess, I don't know. If you're in like a city that is post-industrial, you know, Pennsylvania or something like that, and you guys are just sitting around a bunch of awesome brick warehouse space there. You can just get, you know, that, that space and like Walmart or Amazon hasn't tried to take it yet. Or some like hipster co-working place hasn't decided to refurbish it yet. Then maybe, <laughs> yeah, you can get away with that or, or yeah. it's hard enough to find like a brick in Fort Collins. I feel like very hard. There's like it's, four buildings. The only brick I know of Fort Collins well, like, was given to us I yesterday <laughs> and ceremonially is part of the old, uh, Yeah, I mean, all of like Old Town is brick, but they want to charge you. Yeah, it's all office space, right? Far too so. much for it, and the ceilings are all seven feet tall because apparently people were like people were small back then. 
or just smaller than us. And they just didn't think our way with it, you know. I blame the Spanish flu. I guess, yeah. You know, so the uh, a lot of time, what happens is you guys recognize is that there are your city has a, a character that's an architectural character, and lots of times if your city was used to be industrial and it was an older city, say cities that where there was a ton of work done in the 1800s or early 1900s, you're gonna have a lot of brick in places and that's abundant for you. But you don't realize that when you go into cities like in different parts of the US that have grown in the last 50 years, they just don't have as much of that. Also, if your city grew, if your city had a growth spurt in the 60s, you're gonna have a ton of really cool concrete. A lot of your schools are gonna be built that way. Your government buildings are built that way. And you're in really cool places to train. But as they build new buildings, they're not usually training friendly because the materials they become... Let's yeah. just be honest, they suck. They're like, they're drywall, plaster, and... Aluminum. Aluminum. Yeah, they suck. Sharp aluminum, drywall, it's just stuff you can't train on. They didn't build that with the intention of stopping people from doing parkour on it. <laughs> it's just that so happened that the materials <laughs> changed. They got cheaper... And hopefully we come back to seeing some of these uh, more natural materials again. So I'd say for me, uh, I really like the um, little setups where you can do uh, a few strides and change elevation. So almost like the mini Bevela type type stories, but the like you want multiple varying levels of platforms. You want, you want varying levels of platforms, cascading platforms, right? Yeah. Because I think that what can be done there is you can run up to them and you can plyo up them and you can stick different levels of precisions and then if there's a little bar behind them you can work on the shape trees to them and i think that can be super entertaining and satisfying um and be pretty sustainable over time not not a not a huge level of effort for that so i like things like that um but i really i just and i i i do agree sometimes that just having a big a platform you can kind of stand on is a is a good is a is a good uh, is a good setup, um, and we don't really know yet what we'll have in the new gym. We don't. You but got it's ideas? Be crazy. If people have ideas, if they're like, I went one time and trained on this, and this was the most amazing feature, just send it to us. We'll throw it in, or we won't. Maybe. Well, <laughs> maybe we'll throw it in. Yeah, but we'll definitely look at it. There is the there is the potential. We we know that there's a lot that we don't know, mm-hmm. and as a result of that, we love learning about things we don't know right so if you're like yeah i found this one spot in this small rural town in russia mm-hmm. and look they built a parkour park because some crazy old dude was just like i'm gonna build a parkour park for three kids and it's the coolest place you've ever been you take a picture you send it we will absolutely look at it yeah the amount of like like soviet art <laughs> done by concrete such cool in stuff. fact some of the like the early parkour videos are just concrete like apartment buildings that have half crumbled mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. they're climbing in there. I want to make like, the argument that we wouldn't have parkour as we know it if it wasn't for that sort of uh that brutalism. War. Yeah, from the Cold War. Right? Because I don't know about Cold War. World War certainly. Well, I, World yeah, War. I yeah, mean, World War because it leveled everything. It could, and <laughs> why parkour took so long to become named and practiced officially. Because well, if you're doing it in nature, I feel like it's just people just are just gonna assume it's more like natural monkey business but uh when it got urban it feels like it had a different like a strictly different um personality and aesthetic to it because it's in homes or it's in streets or on streets and in buildings where it shouldn't be and i feel like maybe that was what it was waiting for it needed urban environments and it needed concrete and it needed walls it needed it's just stuff that wasn't uh, designed for or was or humans weren't moving on before before it had a name applied to it yeah seeing humanity on its environment at the deepest uh, level i think is is very parkour and the reason that you wouldn't see it that way is because you did need the you did need city structures for that now i could imagine in the past that there was maybe a, a group of like you know just like on aladdin or something like that where you've just got these smaller like dance street thieves yes right riff raff right and whatever the song is that um uh that aladdin sings during that <laughs> intro um that was a i was upset about the most recent um aladdin because they had such an opportunity I to make the parkour better yeah, I, I and i was like what why didn't you the intro wasn't there was like the first scene there were stunts it wasn't too bad yeah 
They could have. They could have killed it. They could have done it like the Prince of Persia one with Jake Gyllenhaal. I just watched right? that one. That one oh. actually had. had I some haven't really seen it because actually David Bell was on. He was did consultation with Jake Gyllenhaal. Really. For, the yeah. Oh, I need to watch. Yeah, yeah it was actually it, it was really good. I mean, the the movie was like, yeah, it was all right. Yeah. <laughs> the movie was all right. Okay, but again, like I, like Justin, I don't watch movies to like be told like some complex story. Like I can make mm-hmm. that up in my head. I just want to be entertained. Yep. So that's why like movies like John Wick are enjoyable yeah. to me because I'm just like I just want to watch a dude just mowing through impossible situations because I know that it can't happen. <laughs> yeah, and and I don't need to be told. This can't actually happen. Disclaimer: This is what it's actually. Like. I don't. I don't care about that. I know that. Just what was the give me craziness? Um, uh, what's the one that the store guys did about a year ago? Something six. Um, what? Um, six underground. Six, six, six underground. underground. Yeah. So would you say that it's on the level of six underground? I actually haven't watched. No, six underground is probably one of the more realistic parkour scenes because he did parkour in it. Yes. And he did strides. Mm. Right. You've seen it. Yeah, I've seen okay. it. Okay. So that one, I think. Is yeah, without wires, it looked like too. Uh, there was the the, nice. the down freeze from on the uh, I beams or the, those pillars at the okay. end were with wires, but the one that was the um, sort of strides in the alley across those uh, beams, yeah, um, yeah. that one was not done with with wire. That yeah. was actually done by the store guys. Yeah, that's it's tough when you watch like Disney movies and Marvel movies because they do stuff and there's that. There's the jump, and you know the jump is real, and then it goes an extra five feet, and you yeah. know that it's on wires. Like it's always so frustrating to see that because we just have people who can do the things that you are trying to get them to do. Yes. Without the wires, yeah. and so Six Underground was the first movie I saw where he did do things, and I was like, oh, he did it without a wire. That's a real parkour line right there. Yeah. Well, like shout out to like Sebastian Pucon in and, the Casino oh, Royale because yeah, yeah, he right. does that crane jump without wires yes they right. just have a net underneath them and the cranes Ooh, are yeah that, which is about that one. That's, i actually think that incredible. uh i so when i met sebastian in boulder he was down there ryan invited him out sebastian for you guys is the is accredited as being the founder of free running but is one of the founders of parkour he's in that group of david bell yamakazi those guys um old school guys and he was um did the bond film um and chase scenes in it but I think yeah, he Casino actually Royale. Casino Royale. But I he actually I don't think he did that jump. Like I think I remember him uh, being frustrated in it and attesting that they actually had a stuntman do that specific jump. I think you can double check, but I'm I think he sure, did all I'm the stunts. Certain because doesn't he have a video where he walks through it? Well, and there's there's um, like people who work on the set who are like, yeah, and Sebastian, you know, came in and did this and did it without wires, and there's only a net underneath. So I, don't I know. think I mean, they did a lot of stuff I, that, but I, that actual that big crane jump, I'm pretty sure I remember him being really frustrated and saying, "I wanted to do the jump, and they wouldn't let me do the jump." So I, I think I, he, I swear he did it, did it. But well, yeah. we'll get to we're the bottom of this. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but that shouldn't take from it because he did all the other stuff in there, and he chased around Jay Black. Stuntman did it. That's insane too. Some I I, the fact that anybody did that. Yeah pretty nuts and so i think that the other thing that bothers me with wire work is like when you have like fight scenes where it's obvious like someone's clenched up and they're just getting like their legs kind of flare out and they're just being it's obvious they have a wire on them and you're just like yeah you're gonna do it make it like i don't mind the ones where they pull to get the extra rotation yeah those look really cool but when it just looks like someone's like swinging around on a set with a wire tied to their waist and they're flailing that's not as that's not as enjoyable or when they do like the like some untrained person is on a cliff and they somehow manage the one arm chin, one arm climb up to get to save themselves holding someone else. while holding someone else with their other hand, <laughs> yeah. and their shoulders are like symmetrical, and the, but their hips somehow lift up above them as they come up. Like I'm like, uh, no, actually holding hanging from one hand for any amount of time yeah. is really hard, especially for somebody who's untrained. You know, when they grab someone's wrist, it, it, it's like, they swing them up. I mean, you've got to be Gandalf, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was a wizard. So. Makes sense. That Makes works. Sense. They have a reason. School kids is magic. Yeah, another wizard doesn't work. So, uh, I like those. Uh, yeah, I don't know how that got we into. Got, we, that was quite the tangent we went on. Yeah, I believe so you let's, guys. Let's get to our topic then, since uh, we're talking about all sorts of like crazy stuff and the things that you can do. Um, let's imagine you did that. Then the day after, what do you do the day after? What do you do after the scene of Casino Royale? And they're like, "Hey, man, enjoy your day off." What do you do? After Casino Royale, that's a month off for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, here we go. 
we start off with rest days aren't always just a day um, and it's okay and ultimately what matters most in your movement practice is that you're happy and if that means sometimes that you do a week with no training don't let anybody shame you and that you're like yo you haven't just your three training sessions this week like fat lazy slob right if you're happy give them the bird yeah um, you know it's just like whatever you're happy that's what matters do most. you run into that a lot do you i feel like it's like a stigma i like, get it to myself oh you do it to so yourself okay oh, i like, like ah, it it's been a week the I honesty like, i haven't done any training you know and this is often when i'm like sitting there and i'm like in a discord server like playing spell break with like friends and i'm like i should probably be working out instead of playing games right now but i'm no but i'm happy but i'm happy right now you know mm. and there's always you know tomorrow that you can catch a workout i'm not saying you just continually justify it like yeah i've had two years of a rest day. <laughs> <laughs> you know at some point you got to reflect on it but but yeah like rest rest is different for everybody right in terms of the length of time some sometimes people need a day sometimes people need multiple days that's okay so yeah when good. i had a full-time um gig and was doing gym stuff um when i was working for uh software companies in and working in silicon valley i if i didn't it was weird i would go trips and i would have to plan like people plan their meals like bros and bro science plan their meals i did that before too where i just show up at a spot Chicken and buy gall- yeah gallons of milk or something like that mm, go uh, dude going to like the south and getting not good quality milk during that time oh. was rough oh. i remember one time i just had like a dinner it was like whole milk and frog legs it was pretty rough so it was around sorry like king super's whole milk worse oh i'm pretty sure it was walmart whole milk oh yeah so people like hey i brought walmart king whole super's milk, has but... like organic grass-fed milk these guys are not, not like the brand oh yeah fancy Generic. bougie milk this was like you know milk that was maybe taken from the schools because they didn't want it <laughs> or something like that oh it was that anyway but i had to get those calories in those times so i had that mindset of that's what i had to do to be happy and i also i would have to plan in my training sessions so i would when i knew i was traveling to for whatever reason sometimes it was really nice places like toronto and you know vancouver and i was that was awesome but if, if i was going to a place i had to like, like google where the gyms were around there and then, like, know where my training sessions were going to be. I brought mm-hmm. and train parkour, but there wasn't, like, a, like, a swamp or something like that. That was not great. Um, and I found that if I knew that if I didn't get a serious session in within, like, three days, that I would be depressed. So I was, like, my mindset was if I'm depressed, it's because I'm not training. And I had to lean on training really hard to, to not be depressed, which is positive. If you're depressed all of the time and then you fine training and then you're happy that's good but understand that's kind of you know a linchpin short-term solution right you can't be happy when you're not training and and for us we're so used to saying i train and that makes me happy and i'm healthy and and that's awesome i think a lot of people are probably thinking that's good but if that's all you have yeah yeah if that's all you have then that's a different topic but rest day day. but i think that's more because that's the reason people won't take rest days because they have uh, to... Yeah, in that case, you got you got some other issues that you got to unpack. Yeah, I would say it's probably 50% of parkour athletes, but... It's, yeah. it's I, I've they never t- had this issue. Really? Where I no, felt like I had Justin's to... Justin's never had that issue. <laughs> I can tell you that. I'll rest all day. <laughs> I'll rest on your days. <laughs> I'll rest for you. <laughs> rest on rest. I've never had the, like, the FOMO that I feel like is what most athletes... Um, are struggling with when they don't take rest days. Like, I don't know if they're just watching other people land tricks that they want or they're just feeling like they have to work three times harder than everybody else to land newer tricks and to, like, you know, stamp their name on the history of whatever sport they're doing. But uh, I've always struggled to, to realize why you have to work so hard to do that. I My rest days, I will rest as long as I need to until I feel like I need to train. And sometimes that is a week or... Sometimes it's two weeks. Um, because if I have a day where I train when I'm not supposed to, yeah, I'll have a headache for three days. So Oh yes, you get physical repercussions. So I have to know that when I'm when I'm coming out or when I'm done resting, that when I start training that I won't have effects that last, you know. Really so long. what do you do in between those days? Just play video games. I mean I, I honestly am <laughs> you know it's I'm like, pretty sure you just play video no, games and like make stuff and sketch it. So 
what I uh, do gym I, designs. You just play video no, games. No, I can't. No, when I have uh, when I when I have the same like days where I can't train, I can't play video games either or watch TV because mm. that'll just double down on because it's terrible neurological. Movie. Yeah. Mm. So I my rest days and I always get the biggest flack is just my warm up. Like my warm up will be my training sometimes, and uh, I don't call it a warm up anymore. I just call it training. So when I do stretches and I do kicks and I do like my my like what everyone else does for warm ups, it really just feels like I'm training. Mm-hmm. It just feels like that stuff that makes me happy. And when I'm done doing my warm up for an hour or two hours, Sean and Taylor, I'm talking about you guys, because <laughs> they'll uh, make fun of your. I feel really good after those, <laughs> yeah. and I don't actually need any more after that. So sometimes the warm up is all I need to feel good and to feel like I've trained and done something. So I don't need to do a, a double or, you know, or a new park or a, a, a PR mm-hmm. broad jump after right. my warm up. So those are usually my rest days. And then I also found out that uh, pool, being in the pool is a really good rest day. Pool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like I just like just doing sprints in the water is actually mm-hmm. really fun. And yeah. uh, and I feel the resistance on the um, in areas like even like my fingers and my wrists when I'm um, going to the water that I that I need for handstand and stuff so um and I also like doing stretches and kicks in the pool so those are my like rest training days so you're active during your rest days and that yeah. because I think I think your your warm-up that you do on your rest days is is for some people what they may actually do in a in a, like a calisthenic session if they're right. completely new to it right or for somebody who doesn't isn't an athlete nine times out of ten they're like but yeah. they know that they need to yeah. move they do these kinds yeah, of things. Yeah, if I do right? those workouts out in public, people don't think I'm warming up. They think you're. They <laughs> think, think you're doing, doing some workouts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would argue though that to do those subtly with finesse and keep them sort of like just playful and not um, super intense enough that it would still allow your body to recover afterwards. That's a competence because I just think that people oh, yeah. train like like new fighters. They just go brawl. Mm. They're like, hey, went to the gym today. Or just brawl. Or you're on the other spectrum where it's like. You feel any discomfort and you stop and go home. And that's, that's not training. That's giving up. Yeah. But to be competent that's a, enough just to understand a, a that. misaligned expectation for, for what you're doing. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Well, you're resting. Okay. You, here, you just got something fancy. I did. Right. I need to. I, need to, <laughs> I know. I, but Justin <laughs> liked it. Resting. I love that. I got those uh, compression, um, inflatable compression pants. We need a freaking affiliate link if we're going to keep talking about these things. But <laughs> I put I put those things on um, and they actually improve recovery. I noticed that for me, something that matters is the quality of recovery. Like I can I can if I go hard and I feel like I accomplished something and achieved something and I have a really good training session that maybe was you know, a really good session training on obstacles and now my feet are sore and tender or I, you know, I just, if I feel good during the recovery process where it's like, I feel very satisfied. It's like when you have a a big meal and afterwards you're like guilty and proud. (laughs) Wow. You know what I mean? Never been guilty proud before. (laughs) I get that way from eating all the time. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I eat all that. I feel dirty. Right. You know, so I have that like, feeling where I eat a ton of food or something like, you know, around Thanksgiving or just like weekends hmm. <laughs> and where I eat a bunch of food. And then afterwards I'm like, yeah, I'm proud. I made that dish and then <laughs> ate it all. But then I feel bad because I'm like, oh, I ate a lot of food. <laughs> so, so there's that. If I train really hard in a session and I don't come in with an injury, I'm not talking about something that's so um, reckless that I come out, you know, like, cause sometimes in the past I feel proud if I banged up my ankle or something, I couldn't walk by. Like, yeah, but I, I had that grit, grit mindset, that. right? Yeah, I eat that big jump just and I didn't quit. It. That's because I'm a badass. That's yeah. why I busted my arm up or my wrist up or something. You know, uh, not that mentality, but like the ooh, you know, I, you know, I danced with the devil a bit there. I trained really hard. I felt just like really invigorated after that session, but I felt smoked. Fine. But then I also know that I can't do that every day, and very few people can. And if you do, you're really spending your like longevity cards. Yeah. Straight up. That's the So I prefer, to be honest, like something like a three-day cycle where maybe I'm either training like three days potentially in a row on some project or getting something done and that's like moderate to high intensity and then I'm just like the week off, right? 
or I'm just doing recovery stuff, or I'm training intensely on one day and then I have and I have third the third day I do it again, right? So I have my recovery day in case anything went wrong, right? Like I maybe I had some inflammation or irritated something. This is hypersensitive, you guys. You don't have to do it this way, but this is just my optimal way at the macro. Yeah. I have a super hardcore session. The next day I wait and I'm just generally active and engaged and happy. I watch comedy. I do things that make me feel good. Um, and then I just kind of keep an eye on my body and see if I piss anything off the day prior. The day after that is my Dom's day, delayed onset muscle soreness day. And everything's going to hurt that day anyway. So that's when I actually like to do more stuff with heat. Like I like the hot tub on those days. I like sunny walks. I like dry saunas and um, rolling around in blankets or something. I don't know. Um, those are good days for doms and massage is a really good day, uh, doms on doms too, because I like to loosen up there. Then the day after that would be my next training day. If I was going to increase, like if I was going to manage frequency like that, minimum that. So then I have that sweet spot between the, the third day after and the fifth day after that I think is pretty good. Getting close to five leaves me really four or five gives me optimal for like jumping fresh. If I'm like, you know how you feel when you're like, Ooh, I am recovered. Ooh, I am a little spicy. I think, you know what, you know, testosterone's firing and I'm recovered, but I'm not too far away from my last workout that the stimulus isn't, is sort of disassociated or that groggy. That day four or five for me is like awesome for going and trying a new jump, trying to trip, getting a really like hard, hard session. And then going back through that recovery process. Like that's how I would manage it at a, at a regular cadence. And on my off days, I'm just making sure that my mind is really engaged. Um, I do play video games. Um, maybe not as much the day right after, but definitely that Dom's day is a great video games day. Like soak, massage, Dom's well, video game your, rotation. Because your brain too, you know, like muscle tissue sometimes, they just get a lot of blood flow. But a lot of the times your brain is, is like, we're good. I'm ready. Right. Your CNS is ready to go again, but you feel super sore. Right. And so that would be like a great way where sometimes you, this is especially true for younger athletes where they train, they know they need to rest, but they're so antsy, right? I like video games because they're mentally engaging in a way that doesn't make you feel like you're necessarily missing out on something. And that can engage your brain in a way that it lets your body recover, right? And obviously, again, like we said, the recovery is different for everybody. So, you know, maybe maybe for you, the best thing is on a dom day to go out and, you know, go for a jog, do some stretches, something like that. And that's always a good thing. But for some people, they're like, no, like I, I know that if I go out and I go for a jog and I do some stretches, I'm going to start jumping on stuff. I'm going to start hitting big stuff. So I got to like out of sight, out of mind. And they kind of have to, you know, do something else to engage them. And I think. Yeah, you could, I think that um, we introduced like a double week calendar, like an actual calendar, not like, you know, it's different like the Mayans had. But for us, it'll be like a, a movement calendar where it like actually schedules in rest days. So you have like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Dom's day. <laughs> and then on that day is your recovery day and you said something on blood flow jesse like that for me on my dom's days are are where my big my big the focus is is how do i get blood flow to the parts of my body that are working the most so like shins and ankles or, don't, or wrists and extremities yeah. you know um yeah it, those sort of things are my focus so that's why i'm talking about like hot tub and yep. if you're and if you can't like sit in a shower epsom salt bath like on dom's days i'm trying to get stuff even though massage doesn't feel the best on Dom's days. Like, that's great. Really? Oh, I always get like. So this was the discussion we had earlier. Though. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Back in the, the day, we talked one. about do you like pain? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, Justin's a fan of pain and, and massage. And soreness, man. It just feels so good. It feels so good. Yeah, sore is amazing. I try. I just can't be touched. And there's just like, there's like, there's a, there's a difference because like sometimes if I'm super sore, you know, like you guys know I have that like that long freaking staircase in my house to go up, oh, yeah. upstairs, right? And I hate it because I always be like, oh, I need a glass of water downstairs. And then I come upstairs and I'm like, I grabbed my phone, but I didn't grab my glass of water. So I when I'm sore, I'm like, no, no. Like, right, each step. And of course, like, you know, the Clark thing is you never take the stairs one at a time. Um, and so I'm always taking them two at a time and my butt's just like, no. Yeah. Dude. But, and I don't like that part necessarily. I do like get some some enjoyment, some masochistic enjoyment there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the real enjoyment is when I lay down and Carly and I are watching something on Netflix and she's just like on the couch, just like driving her heel into like my hamstring. And I'm like, ah, like that's <laughs> the enjoyment. Oh, like, wow. Like, yeah, no. Like, <laughs> that's my massage there. That's your massage. You know? Yeah. That, 
It, but and you guys like I don't I like there's there's like some sort of sweet endorphin spot that I can't tell if it's the immediately the day after or it's like that that third day after where any anything just feels amazing any touch feels amazing mm. um that that's the one I like the right on Dom's days I'm like no nah, just I don't need a massage therapist put me in put me in the hot tub let's loosen stuff up and just soak and then on the other probably the day after that is when I really like it mm. so I think the other thing is like having do you guys have a routine that you go to? I mean, I think a lot of people really do feel like they have to train every single day and that they're only getting better when they're doing that. And some of the wisdom is in understanding your body and its performance. Um, we didn't talk about uh, like hydration and like when you recover, these days have, these are, lots of times these are big eating days for me where I'm eating lots of fat. Like my carb days are my, I have heavy carb days on my, on my training days those carbs are harder or higher. And you might think, Oh, you don't want that because you're trying to, to like lose weight or get fit or whatever from the different day, priorities. different priorities. But I prefer the carb days on the workout days and I'm a little heavier on fat. Well, fat and protein, right? Yes. Those are your, those are your building days, right? If you had a hard training session and then the next couple of days, you're not eating anything, you, you've done damage. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's where you got to be eating some steaks or some, pea protein if you're vegetarian sorry yeah. i'm not vegetarian if you're vegan, vegetarian so if you're vegan you got to sit down with the biggest trough of pea protein in a spoon and you and start like, chewing on that dust bro just chew on it i'm gonna sit enjoyable. next to you and eat a medallion filet i've never liked steaks and, steak and then, no not. you're not a steak guy no. come to my house hey, i'll cook a steak i think for it's because i I, had, I just had a very undercooked steak and it was just Oh, you got trauma. It got yeah, steak trauma? Have trauma. Like half of it was trauma. down here and the other half was still up here and I didn't know which way I was Connected? supposed to go with Like the, you were gonna choke. Yeah. Oh and so it, and it was at my uh girlfriend's house at the time uh-huh. and her dad had just butchered this cow or whatever, so I couldn't choke on it. But it was stuck here and here. And so I think after that moment I'm just like, This is not the food for me. It's not which way Dude, do you go? Like, you supposed to cough it up, or you supposed to just keep chewing? Dave, it? You're at your girlfriend's house. You swallow. <laughs> that, that's the option I went for. It was uh, it was like ten minutes of me sweating and like no emotion, <laughs> chewing, <laughs> swallow, and whew, that is I can like I feel the heat well. of the moment just thinking about it now. So that's there is the trauma there. That's I feel like that's Dude, that's why. That's, dude, that's why. Like you know, steak fajitas. Like, they have it solved, right? Because they take the steak, they cook it, and then they chop it up, chop it up for you. And then they just throw it in with all sorts of veggies and some rice and some beans. And like, oh, you're good. You're ready to go. You know? You don't have to worry about the freaking... You just need to cut your, like... I think this is just a general <laughs> eating habit problem for you, which is not yes, chewing and inhaling like food, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Like, you just inhale food. But I will, like, cut that little steak off into little slices oh, and rub it in the sauce. And maybe there's some taters on the side. I mean, taters. Mm. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. So Talk nutrition's about. a big thing on recovery days too. Enjoy yeah. eating. Like that's a day you want yeah. to pursue something. These type A always have to be improving. Yeah, recovery days should be, uh, you should enjoy them. They should be fun and fulfilling. And uh, yeah. Go should, eat your medicine. If you're, yeah. If you're having rest days and you're uncomfortable, anxious and stressed out on those days. Yeah. The, you haven't found the enjoyment and in, in rest. Yeah. And I, think it goes back to like you you maybe connect too much of your happiness and self-identity with your your performance performance. yeah it's not your training because somebody who's connected their identity or their happiness to their training knows that rest days are part of their training right and they also know that there's so much more to them as a person than this one tiny sliver of their athletic life right and if you're on a rest day and you're not happy and you're like i feel like depressed and sad it's because you connect too much of your identity and happiness to that performance. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. maybe the way you balance that out is like, that's when you take your your partner or spouse to a nice dinner on your rest day and you celebrate each other and you celebrate yourself, you celebrate your accomplishments and you order a steak. I think that's the best advice, mostly because of the steak. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the best advice because one of the things is if you don't feel good yourself, you know, I'm not saying you're a selfish jerk, but <laughs> if you want to just check that to be sure, 
on your rest days, make them about other people. Like yeah. if you're training and you're constantly about yourself and how your advancement is and what, what goals you're hitting and stuff like that. Cool. If you're on a rest day or if you're injured, just go do stuff for, with, for, and for other people. Like the time when you'd be like, Hey, I want to go do this thing, but I've also got to be able to train and go there. So we can't go to this place, you know, or whatever, just go with and just be there and be with other people. Selfishly be present. Right. I think that's great. Great idea. If you're feeling like you're, if you need some more intention on a rest day. Yeah. But I think the real reason is judgment. I think that people are like, they have this idea and we, we got this idea that they are, um, they have to live up to certain expectations or a standard yeah. of what their movement is, or they see their friends training and they're just not getting those constant like gains as far as accomplishments, achievements unlocked. You know, I think that people think that when you do parkour, if you're not doing things at like, you know, the world-class level, find what's, you should be good at something, but you should also enjoy what you do. So you got to find out what your world-class thing is. Like, I think everybody should have a world-class thing, but that world-class thing might be, um, you know, it might be video games. We talk about that a lot, but it also, it also just might be your job. It might be music. It might be engineering. It might be something you're amazing at. And then you can try and bring that into your movement or move around it or not have to at all. But you pursue world-class something that you know you're good at. That's great. Yeah. And yeah, then, I think photography is one that that is very closely tied with parkour mm. and, and videography and photography. Because then again, you're focusing on other other people and you're creating content and you uh, you know you have results of what you're doing that are can be really easily valued and appreciated. So yeah, I think that's a great example because a lot of times, you know, I'm working and I have to let go of that too, which is when I, why I play a lot of video games. Is I'm on my rest days, I'm working on the on the brand like this morning i was super excited i woke up at like 7 30 which is pretty early for me probably about 45 minutes early for me and i'm an adult adults are like what i'm like yeah so i took my 23 and me test and they said 805 was when i should get off so let's say genetically don't get me started seriously. don't get me started on the early morning topic <laughs> so anyway the that was the 23 me survey results probably not true genetics but uh i get up i'm like man i'm gonna work on i'm gonna work on the brand work on outrun double down on outrun and for me that helps everybody because it helps our students our coaches our partners and that's to me i'm not saying it's a completely selfless act by any means but it's like i can get up and like type up some like brief for our designers or or the architect or answer questions with quality and intention and care that normally would have just been like a businessy check mark thing but i geek out on that because yeah. that's what I like to do. And maybe you on your rest days are designing a gym or doing yep. like, you know, sprints in a pool or something, which I think is still probably a little bit of training, but well, do, jog in the pool maybe? I don't know. It's just this. Oh, that thing? Okay. Yeah. Standing sprints, your legs aren't doing anything? Oh, no. <laughs> just no, like, his legs are crossed like that in the pool and he's like <laughs> swimming that way. Just in the bottom. That's yeah, like, back to training again. If your eyes, if you're like holding your breath at the bottom of the pool, you're just like, Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, so you can get to get like tie a rock to me and sprint on the bottom of the pool. Not, mm. uh, that's not what, not even close to what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Let's not. Definitely on your day off, you don't need to be watching two and a half hours of like YouTube training I, hype videos. I was gonna say. So <laughs> yes. an, another thing too is like on your rest days, a lot of parkour athletes, because it's the thing that they love, they dive back into parkour, right? And they're watching videos, and that that stimulus can be beneficial. Like sometimes I'll watch those videos before I train or like I'll have music in or something like that. And I'm watching some videos while I'm doing my like stretches and stuff because I do want to kind of get that like, you know, that stimulus. I want to get amped up a little bit. I want, you know, I want my nervous system to both visually see what I kind of want to achieve. And then of course I'm doing my warm up movements that are, you know, similar to that mm -hmm. to get me there. But on the rest day, I don't want to touch parkour content outside of like you know business stuff mm -hmm. like i don't i don't want to watch like hype crazy videos because then i know that i'll be like oh that's your like nervous fun. system I wanna, all I like do that. Uh, fired up you're like right? oh i gotta be thinking about it. i gotta do it yeah, yeah. so that's <laughs> that's actually that's a huge tip that like sometimes on your rest days maybe you just need to disconnect for a bit and again find some intention that's maybe focused on somebody else mm -hmm. um or something else that's not related to parkour and that'll help you get the most out of your rest days have some diversity in what you like Oh my goodness, oh, it would help you so much. I love those, like we always like home, what's the other one? And then design, like I love yeah. design for that reason because I can make it so general. I can think about my house, I can think about whatever. Yeah. And sometimes it benefits me to know that when I go into parkour projects like the gym 
but I also just love to look at design. And yeah. man, that I just get some warm fuzzies. Just get a blanket. Yeah, like when you cocoa. see a well-designed like business, I homes I really like because obviously I have one. Oh, but home, I when uh, I see a well-designed like business on like Pinterest, I'm like, ah, oh, that's oh, so that's cool. cool. That's so cool. So we're talking so specifically about on Apple TV. There's a a show that Justin shared with me called Home. Oh. And it's all about home. It's been all home so far, right? Is it ever changed? It is. Uh, no, because that one guy in Chicago had business slash home integrated, was, right? I think it was more about sustainable homes and like, yeah, uh, more uh, pushing the boundaries of what a home meant. Because there was one guy who was like, who basically had like a home inside of a home, but the outer shell home was all nature, right? Mm, and, that's right, yeah. And another lady built it completely out of bamboo, and uh, so it and it was like in, in the, in the trees. Oh, it was it was like a castle made out of bamboo. It was ridiculous. So Super they were each, cool. each a theme that were uh, there was just something like far more about a home than just being a building that was constructed. It was yeah, you philosophize. It was grown. You you start sometimes yeah. (laughs) It's like it's like you start to understand what you like. Like I watch these things and I start to understand. You know, there is somebody who does like a more like earthy style home, and there's somebody who does refurbished stuff in in the city, and there's somebody who builds something in like yeah, in like Copenhagen where the design is so abstract and human and interesting. You just that's you know that's cool. Or there's somebody who does something with a castle. You know, and you start to say, oh, the castle video is cool, but I really identify with this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that's learning about yourself. And when you can do that, you understand what your tastes are. That's very gratifying. Yeah. That takes time. So I love design for that. I also like the design show that's just called Design on Netflix that goes over different, like there's episodes on like typography. They had um, the guy who, what's his name, who did the, was the Nike shoe designer. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's really cool. Yeah. They have another guy from Detroit who did like the 300 for um, Chrysler. Then they had uh, um, a gal out of New York who ran a design firm that did a ton of the typography that influenced our lives and talked about typography. And just as you understand these different tastes you can have and things, there's so much. Like if you ever sit there and you're like, I don't know what I like, it's like then you just need to take a step back and get some variety in. Mm-hmm. You may just be judging yourself too hard or not get enough exposure because there is so much cool stuff I just look at it and I get sick because I know how long I'm going to live <laughs> at best. And then I'm like, I will not even be able to sample from, you know, the the, um, the palette that is humanity that and is its endeavors. Absolutely. Like a, a fear of mine. Yeah. Is that I'm just not going to live long enough to experience all the things that I see out there that's so cool. Right. And I think we've talked about this before, too, that like meeting somebody who's clearly so passionate about their thing excites me about that thing yeah mm-hmm. right True. Like, like somebody's like oh yeah so that that constellation there is you know that and it's named because of this and that and I'm like, oh, this person really knows astronomy that's so cool and then i'm like i want to learn astronomy and then i'm like i'm digging into it in my free time and then i'm like wait a second <laughs> uh, I, i'm not gonna be an astronomer i don't need to dive in <laughs> i'm like looking at like you know three hundred dollar astronomy courses <laughs> <laughs> like that's me on my rest days it's like it's yeah. like, oh, where's these other cool things that I can experience, totally. you know? So and I'm like, true. wait, no, I don't, I don't need don't to buy need a $300 astronomy course and a $500 telescope, okay? Yeah. I, can just, I can just enjoy this passively as, like a, as a bystander, but that makes rest days so much easier for me when, I, when yeah. I can find other things that interest me or I already have, you know, predetermined interests that I just go to and I explore those things and I stay in those things and then I come back once I feel like how you were saying, I'm ready to train again feel i'm feeling the like the urge to go jump on stuff or move then i go and i do that that being said i do want to say though that if you're training and you have a purpose a goal then setting a a schedule for your training matters right like for all of us right now we're in a bit of a phase where um we're just enjoying our movement we don't maybe we have specific goals but we're not like we're not hard chasing them right all Mm -hmm. of us are just kind of enjoying the moment right now and that's the phase we're in. And we'll come back to it where we are training specifically for a goal. But if you're training specifically for something, you do need to set a schedule. And the first week or two may be kind of a pain for you, but your body will adapt to that, right? So if you're doing a 
acclimation. Monday, Wednesday, Friday training schedule, right? And we're saying here now that you need two or three days of rest day for power sessions. That's not necessarily true. Um, it's contextual. You, you do, yeah, it's contextual, and you do want to do a little bit of overreaching in your in your goal based training. So you know, stick to your schedule, but make sure that if you do a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Are you doing some casual stretches, getting some blood flow, and shoving good quality food down your gullet? Mm-hmm. Right, like that's what those those days matter so much. If you're on a goal focused phase, exactly. So, that being said, I I just didn't want people thinking like, oh well, in order to be a great athlete, you don't set any schedule. It's just based <laughs> on how you feel. It's based on how you feel. It, there's a intuitive training is a, a real spot. thing, but it requires such a level of discipline. And experience. And experience. Yeah. So in the beginning, you may need to train every day so that you know what training is really like. That's I'm we're we're gonna contradict ourselves left and right, but I agree. We could, we should now do the opposite episode of like what it's like to actually train hard because this episode makes us sound like super soft. Like we're just bougie, like sipping our brain. Super soft. I mean, there's truth I'm to that. Is me. Yeah, but that's not like <laughs> been that way. No, but it's yeah. not. But you. I've lived yeah, the other life. Yeah. I've lived the other life. So right maybe now, one episode we'll talk about the hardest we've trained. I like it. And what we got from it, just so that people balance it out a little bit. All right, team. Man, that was a relaxing episode. Just relax. Let's go get some breath in. Let's go get some Chill. coffee, guys. Let's groove to some music. <laughs> I got video games to play. I'm going to bring that massage thing over to your house. Oh, okay. That yes. you tried today. Nice. Um, yeah. Guys, just go go rest. Like I feel like, I feel like your mind it. might have been a little stressed from the podcast. You know, that's a lot of listening. It's an hour of listening to us. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, guys. As always, we are on uh, YouTube as well as on Spotify, Apple Music, um, and wherever you get your podcasts. So if you want to see our pretty faces, tune in on YouTube. You can see our pretty faces. Um, if you don't want to see our pretty faces because you want to do other stuff while you're listening, that's cool too. And in which case, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can catch us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from because there's a million different options. But thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. And we will catch you next time. Peace.